Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Monday, February the 27th. I'm Tim Wildman. Joining me is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. Steve Paisley Jordahl will be with us next hour. And he is sure enough Paisley today. He's yeah. got a bright Paisley shirt on. Get your remotes ready to, <laughs> At 11 to zoom o'clock. in. I don't think you can zoom in on our cameras, but anyway, Steve will be donning. I said donning the uh, Paisley or rocking it. He may actually be donning gay apparel. I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to leave that one alone. I think that that stands alone, Ed. We just got kicked off the streaming service. Our our own, our own streaming service. Yeah. Speaking of watching the show, how can people do that, Ed? There's two ways now. Uh There used to be three. Remember that ten little? Oh, I can't even say that. Can I say ten little Indians? Remember the? Then there were nine. Then. There used to be three ways. Now there's two because mm-hmm. we're banned from YouTube. That was a country song back in the 70s. There used to be three ways, and now there's two. Is there really? Is it? No, I just made that oh, up. okay. Because anyway. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. All right. So you can go to uh, Facebook and search for Today's Issues. That's the name of this program. And you can click through, and you can watch the live video stream of this program. Or if you are looking to the future of the way things are going to be. You can go to our own streaming service. AFA streaming service is found at streaming.afa.net, and you can watch us do this program. All right. Well, uh, much, much to discuss Mm -hmm. today. Uh, Let me mention Wednesday, as in two days from now, uh, we are going to air that speech that I heard from Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida whenever it was, two or three weeks back. I mentioned that uh, I attended a conference in South Florida, and and the governor spoke to the group in person for about half an hour. And it was a very impressive talk uh, or speech that he gave. And uh, I thought, well, man, I'd like to share this with our listening audience. Right. So uh, I got permission from the governor's office uh, because it was uh, it, while it was a private event, the talk he gave was really a a, a public speech. There was nothing, right. um, nothing you know. Uh, there's no nothing secret. Nothing secret. Uh, uh, what what's what's the uh, secret society? What's that known as now? The Worldwide Secret Society. Yeah, you, you're talking about the Illuminati. The Illuminati. <laughs> there was nothing that he would have given at an Illuminati uh, gathering. <laughs> That uh, we can play. So uh, we'll be uh, playing that uh, Wednesday at 1030 Central Time. And he has not announced whether he's going to run for president or not, but it sure looks like it. Right. Because he's traveling the country, Mm -hmm. he, Governor DeSantis, and he's also got a new book out. Uh, Everybody who runs for office got a new book out, right? Right. uh, Lay out your vision. Lay out your vision. So, um he, but he has not announced whether he's going to run or not. Uh, 
But I thought, you know what? Uh, he might. He very well might. And maybe our listeners would like to hear from him firsthand on what he thinks uh, and his vision uh, and what he's done in Florida. Uh, I thought, well, <clears throat> you know, I know that there have been three other people announced. Uh, President Trump has announced. <clears throat> if you don't know what President Trump thinks by now, <laughs> then I can't help you. Okay. <laughs> President Trump has been speaking for five or six years now <clears throat> publicly, so everybody pretty well knows his agenda and where he stands and, and what he uh, what he believes in. And uh, Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. uh, she's an, she's announced. Uh, she's she's uh, been heard all over the media too, for the most part. For the, you know, she was go- former governor of uh, Florida. Uh, excuse me, of South Carolina, yeah. mm-hmm. and she served in the Trump administration as. Uh, Secretary to the United Nations. Yep. She did a great. She did a great job there. I thought. Remember how yeah. we play her clips? She, she was uh, excellent. I think for our country at the UN for those two years she served President Trump. Now, by the way, Wednesday we are still having today's issues. Yes, we are. We're just using that second segment. Right. So we'll we'll be on to introduce it, and then we'll talk a little bit before the top of the hour break, and then we'll go back to our regular. Scheduled programming. Scheduled programming here on uh, today's issue. And I would like to have on the uh, other gentleman. Vivek Ramaswamy. That, I was waiting for you, Chris. What I'm here for. When I say other gentleman, just be, let that be your cue. You, okay. t- you take the names, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we'll record it after the show, and then uh, if I'm not here, Brent can just hit the button. But anyway. Vivek Ramaswamy. I like a lot of the things that he says. Big into fighting the woke stuff. Yeah. He is. So we'll we, – we, uh, Maybe get an. He was on with Jen Ellis, uh, mm-hmm. our, 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 from seven to eight in the morning. Jen Ellis in the morning on AFR. He, uh, Jen is a friend of his, and he was on with her recently. Uh, I think that was right before he announced he was mm-hmm. going to run. So that's if DeSantis gets in, that would be four, and then others have thinking maybe Pompeo, Pence, uh, Tim Scott, maybe the senator from South Carolina. But we could end up with eight or ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would watch for Christy Nome. Larry Larry Elder, South Dakota governor, um, uh, the guy who ran for governor in California. Yeah, um, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson told Newsmax um, at the beginning of the year he would make a decision by spring, so he could be another Republican. Right. Sununu, the governor of uh, New Hampshire, he may. Uh, Ho- what's the gentleman's name? Who's the governor? Former governor of Maryland, Republican Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan, he may run. Mm-hmm. So there may be eight or ten, ten or twelve. Who knows? Um, in the in the republic, at least starting off with, then they have to raise money and gain supporters right. and build an organization. I mean, it's very difficult to run for president. And Larry Hogan's uh, uh, election staff. I knew we were going with this. It's, it's, I, you and I know each other way too well. But go ahead, Hogan's hero. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. I knew you were going to start to get a little scary. <laughs> Hogan's Hogan's heroes. All right, Christopher. Big news. Yes, and this is a topic that uh, many people, upon hearing it perhaps for the first time, will say, "Well, I said this three years ago." Uh, but nonetheless, um, congressional Republicans erupted on t- Twitter yesterday afternoon. Did they erupt, Chris? They did. After the U.S. Energy Department reportedly assessed that the COVID-19 pandemic likely originated from an accidental lab leak in China. I'm reading from a Fox News article, which I shared just a minute ago on our face. You got a little grin on your face, uh, Chris. What's that about? I was just rolling. I was just rolling. I mean, this is something a lot of people have said. I I could have said this three years ago, but, you know, nonetheless, the Energy Department 
which was previously undecided on the origin of the pandemic, now joins the FBI's stance that the coronavirus likely spread due to a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. That's according to a Wall Street Journal article citing a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress. As I mentioned, congressional Republicans are fit to be tied here. Was this classified uh, information found at Biden's home? <laughs> well, that may be, uh, may be possibly. Well, Although in, his, those, in his garage. In his garage. Yeah, it's not like it was parked outside. Yeah. Right. Garage gate. Uh, but I've got some audio here. It's uh, Republican Representative Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey on Fox and Friends first after this uh, energy report reportedly admitted COVID-19 likely originated in a Chinese lab. Clip one. Well, we've got a group of people that just don't like to tell the truth. I mean, their New Year's resolution should have been, and we're still in the beginning of the year, to start telling the truth and let people who know the truth say it. You didn't need to wear masks in the very beginning. Then you needed it. Then you needed two masks. Then if you got the vaccine, you didn't need masks. And the vaccine, would you would never, ever have COVID again. I mean, it's been lie after lie, misinformation after misinformation, and it's about time we crack this this egg open and really found what's actually going on. Yeah. You know what's most hurtful about Wuhan? Not only did the Chinese, and we, and we know the real truth, poison the world and the United States. I mean, let's just tell the truth. Hopefully it was an accident, but not only did they do this, but they lied about it, and we have an administration that doesn't have the guts to go forward and get the truth out of them, and we pay for it. Okay, so in all seriousness, the, uh, the what came out over the weekend was is, is the Department of Energy mm-hmm. has concluded yes. that the uh, COVID-19 virus came from a lab. Correct me, if, correct me if I'm wrong about the facts here. In China, mm-hmm. in Wuhan. Yes. And that uh, don't know whether it was intentional or whether it was leaked. Uh, I think it was leaked. I think that's the opinion most people hold. Uh, no, no, I said leaked. I, I, no, it accidentally got out of the of the lab. Mm-hmm. It was not intentional. That's my view. But you know, uh, but it 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 was a it was a concocted virus made in a lab, synthetic. It's and and it wasn't a natural, you know, uh, bat made right. from a wet market mm-hmm. virus. So remember, people who made this claim or believe this were called conspiracy nuts by the scientific establishment. In fact, many of them made claims that, you know, we reject that. I, I remember seeing it was a WHO or somebody, World Health Organization. We reject that idea. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a pretty significant admission. Is that what you want to say, or finding? Uh, our uh, well, the Department of Energy this leak. They're saying that it's likely that it originated from an accidental lab leak. They confirmed the FBI, that. Well, they they had a national security advisor, Jake Sullivan. Do you have the sound on this? Or? I do not have that. Anyway, he said he couldn't confirm or deny what the Wall Street Journal was reporting. I think. I think it's going to wind up being that that is what the the Department of Energy thinks. The FBI in 2021, I think, said that they had moderate confidence that it was a, a leak from the lab and not a natural occurrence, like you said, the, uh, the story of the bats. What was Fauci's, Dr. Fauci's view on this over time? Oh, he, he uh, pummeled the idea. He's, he's sitting on several at, occasions. At first, he did. At first, yeah. he said, there's no way. And this is 
part this is part of the drama that unfolded in the Senate on a number of occasions when Rand Paul mm-hmm. would question Dr. Fauci and try to get Fauci to admit that that's the most likely scenario. I mean, I don't remember and- Fauci saying that uh it might it might have been he did he did later he He did did. yeah he did november of 22 in november of 2022 he said i have a completely open mind but he or prior to that because fauci has flip-flopped a lot uh he's kind of dismissed uh that it was you know man-made and released and leaked and all that yeah so i don't what that means uh in terms of are there going to be any sanctions against China? Will they have to face any real consequences uh, for for this? I don't. I don't think so. And here's why: at least in the short term, I think the Biden administration has, whether it's just from Hunter through Hunter Biden or the president himself in the past, I think there are some ties mm-hmm. to China that would prohibit the administration from taking a strong stance against China. But I think regardless, the Biden administration does not want to provoke China and they are going to kick this can down the road until the ter- his term is over. If he gets reelected, maybe they'd have to revisit it. But yeah. I, I don't think there's going to be any way to absolutely prove that that's how the virus spread in order to justify the you mean where it originated. Yeah, because somebody's got, China's going to have to admit it. I mean, they're very secretive there, and I'm not sure if you could pr- pr- provide a smoking gun. At one time, they were blaming the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that? They yeah. had done some exercises in Asia and you know, brought it with them. That's what the claim was. Right. I don't know that we will ever go, go tough on China, uh, and I say we like the West in general, because China makes so much of our stuff. Um, yeah. And also because— Critical stuff. Yeah. We send a lot of our agricultural products over there— so if they say, well, no more pork, no more chicken and all that stuff that we're sending over there, soy, soybeans, um, then our agricultural community is going to lobby the administration saying, some of them, saying this is, you know, we're losing money. Um, so I don't know that the Biden administration will really go tough on China. You no, know, that's, I never knew we sent a bunch of soybeans over to China. We sent a lot of stuff. Don't when, you find that a little ironic? <laughs> soybeans, what? Soybeans. Was uh, uh, I'm not seeing because they send us soy sauce. Oh <laughs> yes, well you know made in America, send, manufactured in China, or whatever the, the reverse thing we is. Send them soybeans, and they yeah. send us back. When soy Trump sauce. was in office, and when Trump was in office, and we had the tariff war going on over there, uh, there were concerns at that time that his policies were costing our farming communities because we weren't yeah. they were <clears throat> embargoing our stuff. Listen, we're we we the United States of America are joined at the hip with uh, communist China. Uh, economically and so a lot of what people might suggest uh we do in retaliation for the uh, covid19 origination in china that they they were working on this virus uh and it escaped from the lab it was then whatever you do to china is that going to what's the old saying uh, uh Something about spite your face. Oh, cut off your nose to spite cut, your is that, face. You know what I'm saying? Right. <clears throat> Where we would say, okay, we're going to punish you, China, with sanctions because of COVID-19. And they say, oh, yeah. Well, you like your blood pressure medicine there in the right. U.S.? Mm. How about how about all the electronics components that keep your 
your uh, your phones running, yeah. a lot of your military stuff yeah. running. I mean, it's very complicated relationship and very yeah. com- very complex. Supposedly, they have a uh, a big hand in the solar panel stuff uh, that we're looking to uh, get going over here in terms of uh, the ingredients for them, but also. What are those ingredients, Chris? Uh, well, various uh, metals and minerals that the Biden administration won't go after here in the U.S. Uh, because despite us being the Saudi Arabia of metals and minerals, uh, he doesn't want to destroy our landscape and the concern that it's going to harm our environment. So he tells China, hey, you go ahead and do it over there. Gotcha. Which China does. It does. By the way, fun fact, soybeans accounted for nearly one half of U.S. agricultural exports to China at a record six. $15.4 billion, surpassing the previous year's record by more than $2.2 billion. That's from the Ag Department this year. I got to say, personally, I'm glad to see soybeans leaving the country. <laughs> I mean, as long as farmers get their money for it, I don't care for Are soybeans. Are you not a soybean fan? I'm not a soybean fan. Now, edamame, which I love. Oh, that's some good eating right Isn't there. Isn't that soybean? What is that? Edamame. You get out to a Japanese restaurant yeah. more often. Oh, yet. I don't like Japanese food. Okay. Wow, man. I know. Just kind of. Limited in your worldview, <laughs> yes. your food I, worldview. I, I freely admit I'm limited when it comes to food. Yeah, uh, what, something uh, I already like. So, so, they are soybeans, huh? Edamame is soybeans. That's what I thought. Anyway, got to try it sometime. Is it? What is it? I mean, is it? Well, it's not the, like tofu or it's like is that soybeans. Edamame. Uh, it's uh, it's like uh, an appet- like beans in a pod. Oh. It's like an appetizer at, at most Asian restaurants, mm-hmm. including Japanese. Like look like it's, it's soybeans, or... uh, and they're they're cooked, and they got some salt on them. It's, they're really good. So you like that? And healthy, right. yeah. I don't know how much salt I'm taking in, but uh, <laughs> the, put some soy sauce. Yeah, on it. right. It's it's a it's a good appetizer. <clears throat> you, you, I think you would like it if you if you eat in that way. Okay. Yeah. Now soy burgers. Forget it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they tried to introduce that to our high school back in the really yeah seventy nine and eighty. Mm-hmm. We and had soybean burgers. That was a, a revolt. <laughs> a revolt. Our house, huh? They changed it from ground beef to soy burgers. You remember this? I don't. It's kind of like when they tried to change over to the metric system. It was <laughs> oh, just rejected a- <laughs> by the American people. I remember being in like kindergarten, first, second grade, and our teacher saying, that we're going to teach you this because when you're my age, you're yes. an adult. You're going to yeah. need to know this is the way it's going to be. And here That's I am, just... 41 years old, and we're nah. still not doing that. I'm not better. Listen, people, as long as we have football in America, <laughs> there's going to be no conversion to the metric system. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that Tom Brady threw for 300 uh, meters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah. No, this is not going to happen. Brent- <laughs> Fred's the only person, a regular on the show, that could easily convert, you know. Yeah, because he grew up in Canada. Right. Yeah. Right. Next story, Chris. Well, this one does have, uh, it does involve China. Uh, Rusty Pugh aired a little bit of this audio from Governor Glenn Youngkin earlier today in one of our newscasts. Um, but there's a big concern that China has been buying up a lot of our property, a lot of our farms uh, here in these United States of America. And uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin in Virginia is saying, you know what, we're going to take steps here in Virginia to prevent China from buying and occupying and controlling uh, property here in Virginia, at least. And so I've got some audio of Governor Youngkin. It is clip three. We're going to make sure that our agricultural farmland is not purchased by the CCP. Uh, We've got a bill now through on a bipartisan basis that I will sign that will keep China from buying our agricultural farmland, particularly next to our nationally strategic assets like the Pentagon and Quantico and the largest naval base in the world. We're going to make sure that we keep these national strategic assets safe. 
I brought that in because I'm seeing things on social media, and some of our uh, Facebook viewers uh, do mention this from time to time, like, why aren't you guys talking more about China buying up large uh, amounts of land here in the U.S.? So at least you have one governor there taking steps to uh, prevent China from doing this kind of thing. Well, I'm I'm happy to see this, and I, I'm concerned about both things that Governor Youngkin was talking about. I'm concerned about them buying up farmland and shipping the produce to China. Okay, uh, I, I I don't want us to get have increasingly high food prices in this country, and that can be the result mm-hmm. of doing that. And they have been buying up land next to strategic locations, and if they're going to send a big balloon across the country you can bet they they're spying on what's going on at bases if they're sure. going to buy that land up so good on governor yunkin uh, i wish are other states doing this too uh, i'm not sure canada uh, did it let me look that up canada you know that? did that about a month ago it was announced that canada was passed a law i don't know if they singled out china but they were they were saying no foreign countries can buy up our farmland buy up our farmland yeah so, China. So, what were you going to say, Chris? Oh, I'm I'm looking it up here. What are you I'm, looking up? Uh, the st- I just wanted to have, have a link to what you said here. I do that does ring a bell. I do remember. Um, to my Ed Canada. Yes. Type it in, Ed. All right. Google that real quick. I'll do it. Uh, t- type Canada and oh. Canada stops uh, foreign countries from buying land. See if Canada bans foreigners from buying property. Let's see if Tim's Canada right. Canada is the latest country to enact such a ban. This is from Fortune, Fortune magazine, in hopes of improving housing affordability hmm. with an act banning foreign buyers from purchasing residential property taking effect. Okay, residential uh, property. So that's residential. Yeah. Mm. Most real. Well, it says Canada, another article says Canada bans foreigners from purchasing most real estate. So it may, it may include. Uh, wow, right. orders now banned from buying homes in Canada, not just right. property. but That's what a good tyrant does <laughs> right there, Justin like Trudeau. Trudeau. Huh? Yeah. No, I actually agree with uh, he, he and the Canadian government on that one. They got to protect their land and their country yeah. from being taken over basically by foreign interest. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's well, what a lot of people are saying here. Yeah, that's what Governor Youngkin's saying. Same thing, right, right. In, in Virginia. Right. Uh, you're listening to today's issues. I tell you what, let's take our break. And then, Chris, when we come back, you can roll on. Yes, I got a couple of big uh, Supreme Court uh, things to mention here that you'll need to watch for and listen for tomorrow. That's coming. The that's Supreme a, Court's hearing cases tomorrow, in yes, other words. That's okay. what you call a deep tease. Okay. Uh, we will return with more of today's issues on the american family radio network so what we've learned in the last week ladies and gentlemen is that masks don't work to prevent the spread of covid and that the uh, that was conspiracy remember that everybody who right believe that theory. said that we're, we're called you seen the meme going around on facebook what's that uh i'm running out of conspiracies because all my conspiracy theories have come true I've seen a bunch of memes on that. That's pretty, funny. Pretty funny. That would also be a great country song right there. The All my conspiracies. Country. All my conspiracies. Have gone, come have true. Come, have come true. We'll be back momentarily.
Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session begins August 19th. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies, and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, My goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach... I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Chris Marcris lost both of his legs to diabetes, but he hasn't let his medical issues stand in the way of living life. That's why he jumped out of an airplane over West Addison, Vermont, skydiving from 10,000 feet. It was a fairly uneventful trip until the landing. That's when Chris realized he was missing one of his prosthetic legs. It had blown off during the jump, a $20,000 leg now missing. So Chris went on Facebook and shared his dilemma. About 100 people turned out to search around the landing zone, and the following day, a farmer found the leg in the middle of a soybean field. A terrific story about humanity and the corona crisis. It's nice to know there are still folks out there across the fruited plain willing to lend a helping hand to get a guy back up on his feet. I would urge you to read my latest book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available right now at your favorite bookstore and online at toddsterns.com. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, verse 14. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. This Monday, February the 27th, it's 20, uh, 28 days, right? 28. Tomorrow's it for February. And then when is leap year? Next year. <laughs> Every four years, uh, but it, it, it follows the isn't, uh, isn't a leap year a year when you skip the 
29th day of no, February? A, a leap year is when we have the 29th day. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, we had a day. Learn something new every day. I'm I'm almost 65 years. I didn't oh, I didn't know that. I thought the leap year was when you leaped over the 29th. All right. See, when you leaped now. And that only had 28 days. We we always have 28 days. Except for, <laughs> except for leap year. Am yes. I right? Well, that's, that is true. We always have 28 be, days. What in I your mean mind, is, what were you, what were you going to be leaping over? Leaping over the 29th day of February and skipping but it. That would still leave you with 28 every year. Yes. You see the fallacy of yes, your I, argument? Well, I, I, I do Mr. now. Mr. Debate yes. Club? I just <laughs> won that one. It's <laughs> <Mr>. a debate team. <laughs> I'm pretty far removed from yeah. those days. <laughs> By the way, right. I noticed a, a couple of folks on Facebook asked right. if Fred was okay. Fred's just taking a couple of days off and and, and no right. issues. Fred's fine. He's buying up yep. property in Canada because <laughs> he's legally allowed to buy up property in Canada. Yes, yes, so. the Nova Scotia native. Notice how I turned the discussion away from my right. fallacy discussion. Right. Any further discussion? I, and I, I think I had reached the limit of that too. Yeah. It was about to backfire on me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you have to prove you're right. Right. Over and over again, yes. people start to think. You are correct. Yeah. You don't want to keep rubbing in people's no, faces, you, don't. You, don't. you know, when they make a mistake. Right. No. That's no. Who wants that done to them? Right. Uh, I didn't our, want it done to me this morning. Right. Yet it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to follow along with you. No, I know. Yeah. I know. All right, Christopher, what's the next topic there? Yeah. Well, this is a big case to watch for tomorrow at the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, justices are going to hear two arguments tomorrow in two different uh, cases that involve Biden's student loan plan. Now, let's begin here. Uh, in August of last year, Biden has a big press conference, and he comes out and says, we're going to forgive X amount of dollars uh, for people that owe student loans. Um, Pell Grant recipients are included with this, and you have to be of a certain tax bracket. Is it like $10,000 or something? Yeah, it's up to $20,000, depending on okay. the situation that you're in. And uh, they're going to do it for households, uh, married households making two hundred and fifty grand, or individuals making like 125000 or something like that. Uh, nonetheless, a lot of people um, immediately after that announcement said, you don't have the power to do this. Biden comes back and said, yes, we do. Uh, we're going to... Uh, do this through the HEROES Act, and I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but uh, it, you know, it went to court, and some um, cases got struck down immediately. Others went up the ranks, um, and so these uh, tomorrow the Supreme Court is going to hear arguments over a couple of things. Uh, beginning with one, does Biden have the power to do this? But more importantly, do the challengers in these two cases um, have standing? In other words, can they even come to court to argue that they've been wrong? So st- standing, just a brief explanation, mm-hmm. is the courts look at whether you uh, have been harmed yes. by a law and therefore have a right to bring mm-hmm. a case. So I can't, for example, say, well, this law is wrong, even though I don't have a dog in this fight. Correct. I don't have any outstanding loans or mm-hmm. you know, no one in my family does. Right. So I'm going to, but I'm going to sue over it. A court would say, you don't have standing because you're not affected by the law. Right. There's, this, was, this was just a, uh, just a rank bribery scheme <laughs> for votes is all this was. I don't think Biden ever, uh, I don't know whether he thought that, uh, this would make it, uh, as a legitimate policy issue or not. What we're talking about here, folks, if you remember is Biden said, uh, that he was going to dismiss debt 
for college students, a lot of them. And what uh, the question before the Supreme Court is, does, does the President of the United States have the unilateral authority to bribe voters? <laughs> yes, to to uh, uh, dismiss loans basically, right. and and have the government pay for pay, it. pay for yeah. It. It's really more. Or it's really not uh, student debt forgiveness. It's student debt transference. Mm. Because what Biden is doing is saying, "I'm going to, I Lord Biden, am going to forgive uh, student loans across America." And instead, give that debt to the American taxpayer. That's what it is. Mm. But Biden hoped, and it may have worked to some extent, hoped that by giving this uh, debt uh, debt forgiveness, so-called debt forgiveness, that he would be able to bribe the people who are getting the forgiveness to vote for him. See how that works? Right. Mm. So um, <clears throat> it's. I think it's just unconstitutional. And I think that's what the Supreme Court will find. It wor- it's already worked for him politically in 2022 in, right. in, in the election cycle. So, uh, again, I don't think – so going forward, it would just be uh, ruled – I think it will be ruled unconstitutional. Now, we won't know until June. They'll have the hearings at the Supreme Court tomorrow. I think that's being brought by some state attorney generals. In one of the cases. One of the cases is the state attorneys general. There's about six of them. Uh, and then in another case, uh, there are a couple of student loan borrowers, uh, and their uh, issue was brought to court by an organization called Job Creators Network Foundation. So I have two bits of sound here. One, let's begin with uh, some I like legal. two bits. Yes. Four bits. Six bits okay. of Canadian dollar. Yeah. Okay. All um, for the metric system, stand yes. up and holler. I, I'm just going to keep circling back to that. I've got some audio here. Let's begin with uh, some legal analysis from attorney Ken Klukowski, who is, uh, he's worked for a number of organizations we uh, work with and partner with. What's his name? Ken Klukowski. Uh, he was on Washington Watch last week, late last week, and uh, he doesn't think Biden's plan is legal, but he says the big question is whether or not the challengers in the two cases have standing. Clip nine. President Biden's action there, I think, was blatantly illegal. But the question is whether the the petitioners, well, the plaintiffs, because they were actually uh, winning in some of the lower courts, whether the challengers to this program actually have the legal standing to actually bring the ones to to, to bring this lawsuit. So I'm not sure that it's going to, there, there are real challenges uh, in, in the briefs at the Supreme Court as to whether these states and these private actors, whether they're being injured and can be claiming an injury here that is sufficient for Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution to give them the power to have been the plaintiffs in the trial court on this. And if not, then the whole case is thrown out. Uh, but whether they reach the merits in this case or in a future case, I think there are so, uh, or entities that do have standing, but we'll see if the court well, thinks these are two of them. Okay, so that was one legal expert's uh, opinion on this. Um, Elaine Parker is president of Job Creators Network Foundation, the organization whose case the Supreme Court's hearing tomorrow, in addition to the one from the state attorneys general. Elaine says we do have standing, okay? Um, so they believe they do have a right to be there. And she also dismisses uh, Biden's claim that this HEROES Act, which she'll explain in the audio, she says Biden's use of the HEROES Act here 
doesn't give him authority to do this. Clip eight. What we'll be arguing is that the Biden administration does not have the authority under the HEROES Act to create this $400 billion loan forgiveness program. The HEROES Act was was created in in 2003 to to defer payments for our men and women who were fighting overseas after 9-11. And the the lawmakers who actually passed that never foresaw a, a president taking unilateral action um, without any input from Congress or the American people through the uh, notice and comment in in the regulatory process when they're making new rules um, in in developing this program, never foresaw any president taking this kind of action. And in fact, a group of lawmakers who actually passed um, this uh, HEROES Act, including former Speaker John Boehner, filed an amicus brief in this case stating that in no way does the HEROES Act grant the executive branch this broad forgiveness power. Yeah, you know, this is just wrong uh, on so many levels, what Biden tried to do here. Uh, you know, uh, by the way, if I were Biden, I would have just forgiven every penny of every debt, period. I don't know why he said a $10,000. That's very arbitrary. Right. 10000 for a regular student loan, 20000 for a Pell Grant loan uh, that you don't, that he's saying you don't have to pay back. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he pulls out those numbers. Just say everybody's forgiven. I, I, Emperor Biden, you know, thus decree. Cause um, my understanding, and now it's been a long time since I've had yeah. a kid in college and way longer since I was in college. But um, my understanding is the that ten thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket compared to what most college kids oh, wind up they leave, yeah, when yeah. they leave. Listen, uh, this is my own personal opinion, which I like to say before right. I do this. Well, of course, a lot of what we share on here is our own personal right. opinions, but I'm just saying you don't necessarily share this, nor does Chris. Uh, my view is that. The college tuition system is a racket. Agree. A racket uh, because here's how a lot of it works. The schools and universities, universities, colleges, they know that the students can go get as much money as they want to borrow, right? Right. And now this is where I'm not, I'm kind of murky. They're borrowing it from the federal government. Is that true? Well, it can come mm-hmm. but from there, but the government uh, also uh, backs. But they, the government backs Guarantees. It. Yeah. Okay, so it may be from a bank or some organization, but ultimately it's the, the co-signer is the federal government. It, it, it can be. Yeah. yeah, okay. To give you an example, I still have a student loan. I did not... After all myself. these years, I do. Yes. Wow. Um, How much you paying on it a month? Uh, Twenty five bucks or something. That's that's a that's a story that for private another day. information. I'll, I'll, that's personal. Yeah. Personal. I'm sorry. It's a, no, no, no. It's fine. It's just it's way too long to explain. So I'm still paying my student loan, and I don't pay into the federal government. I pay to an entity that is backed by the federal government. To Ed's point. Yeah. Gotcha. Excuse me for getting. Yeah. And by the way. I didn't enroll in the little program because it's not your responsibility, TI listeners, to pay for my education choices. Right. So, but but listen, back to my racket thing. So, the, the college and universities know that these kids, these students, can get access, get their hands on uh, as much money as they need, right? Right. So, the, the colleges and universities say, 
Hmm. We'll just keep going up. Four 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 percent a year, or five percent a year. Yeah. Even though, even though that's just sort of pulled out of thin air, yeah. right? So because we know that the students are going to go back and get, and a lot of the students and listen, I know it's expensive to go to college and universities, and I paid my wife and I paid for three of our children to do that just ten years, ten fifteen years ago. So I know it's very expensive, especially housing everything else, but. <clears throat> If the uh, if the schools know this, then they're going to keep going up. Right. They're not going to try to come down at all on the uh, cost of going of the tuition and the other things. So um, the but it's still the responsibility of the individual. A lot of these kids, unfortunately, keep taking out a lot of money without any thought to it, and it's sort of like live now and. Ink tree can be married for tomorrow. We'll be in debt. Can, uh, can I add another thing that I, I, I don't like about the college or university yeah, go ahead. bracket? Now, this I'm not naming names, but I do know of a major university. And they do not have enough parking spots on the campus for all the students. And they do that intentionally so that they can ticket kids who are parking illegally are you serious and this university uh i was told makes a million dollars a semester on fines for kids who do not park i gotta tell you that's immoral but it's brilliant oh well well, it's it's uh maybe they need the money to pay the football players well and you're all in favor of that but that's another thing it's that's to me that's a racket yeah you you know good and well students have to have a place to park Right. And you're not providing sufficient parking right. spots, so you can ticket them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, it, so, you can t- line, so you can ticket the parent who has to pay for it, the but bottom, I'm not bitter. <laughs> bottom line is if you borrow money to go to college, you're going to have to pay it back like you are, Chris. Yes. And you don't transfer that debt onto the American taxpayer because the American taxpayer didn't agree right. to, to what you agreed to. So yeah. like you did, Chris, yeah. you just said, you know. It may take people a long time, 15, 20 years. I don't know, especially a lot of these doctors in particular, man, they rack up hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. I mean, they graduate with a mortgage. It t- yeah, it yeah. takes them years to, you know, years and years to pay off the debt. But, again, if if you if – you, when you sign an agreement mm-hmm. to take out money to go to college, then you know you got to pay it back uh, one way or another. And, what? by the way, uh, I don't mean to ask another personal question – Chris, but what's your social security number? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 555-867-5309. Um, I think that's Jenny's number. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's flow for well, progressive insurance. Uh, before I mention another topic, I, I think one thing that would help bring down the cost of education if, if, uh, if states also got involved, not just a federal government, but states, and, and kind of thinking, okay, we're, we're requiring way too much for a student to take in college. For example, when I graduated high school and I passed all the classes that the state of Mississippi required I pass in order to get a diploma, I then went to a state university that required me to take many of the same classes I had just passed to get to university, okay? I didn't need to read Lord of the Flies for the second time. Right. (laughs) So, like, if if the kid or if, if the student has his or her major in mind, they should be able to just immediately go into the classes they need for their major at 18, 19 years right. old. You could graduate in two years' time, and then you're in the workforce paying taxes. Yeah. 
Uh, I think a trend that's catching on too is people are figuring out you don't have to necessarily go to college well, any longer too. to get a good job. Mm-hmm. You can go to trade school. You can learn on your own. You can go to college, university online. Yes. Uh, there are alternatives that people are, 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 I would say, trending to to avoid going into this, uh, you know, right. $50,000, $100,000 debt that a lot of kids have when they become young people and graduate from college. You're listening to the radio program Today's Issues right here on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim with Ed and Chris, and Fred's fine. He'll be back Wednesday. So uh, we'll talk to him then. Looks like winter winter is uh, decided to divide itself along the Mason Dixon line. Am I right, Chris? Yes, uh, it's been a weird few days. Not abnormal because in Mississippi we do have really warm weather, and then you have a, a hurricaneado, okay, as we call it, um, and that could be anything from an ice storm to an actual tornado. So in Mississippi, it's not abnormal to have weird hot weather. Uh, in the middle of the week, but we've had up middle and down. Of the winter, you mean, extreme, Chris? Yes, extreme temperatures. Week. Now, yeah. out in Southern California, they had, for the first time in many years, snow, uh, and then you had an outbreak of tornadoes and stuff like that in like Southern Oklahoma. California. Yes, in uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, and uh, Robert Thornton, uh, the gentleman that does, uh, he anchors our afternoon newscasts. Uh, he's a meteorologist by background, um, and he says there's more bad weather coming later this week, so be advised. Yeah. Uh, but the, just the winter, there's another winter storm now coming. It's going to sweep through the country. But they have had unusual weather in Southern California. I mean, y'all seen all the snow and the flooding, and yes, it's a it's a bad storm. Of course, they have a drought out there in California. They've needed uh, anything wet. Yes, snow, rain, they'll take anything. So this should help their reservoirs, and you know what I'm saying, and their water levels um, all throughout the state of California, from the north to the south. Uh, all right, next story, Chris. Okay, uh, this was a, a big story on Fox uh, this morning. It was really their top story for several hours, and this is their headline. Former Disney CEO privately complained to Governor Ron DeSantis about, quote, pressure from the woke left amid the Florida fight. Uh, for people not aware of this issue, uh, Florida, led by Governor Ron DeSantis, pushed something called the Parental Rights and Education Bill, which the media and critics called something else, which was false because that's not what it did. Uh, but Disney, um, what, it just, it just to be clear, what Governor DeSantis and the state legislator did was they said, third grade and below in the state of Florida, you can't talk to kids about sex. Or gender identity. Right. Or gender identity. Sexual it's, orientation. It's inappropriate. They're not ready for it. We're not going to do it. Now, personally, I think that should be a, even, uh, you know, probably sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And, and even then, it would be under the... Biology. I think Nikki Haley said that, said it didn't go far enough. Yeah, Should yeah, be. yeah. But, but in Florida, they just said third grade and under. Well, that became don't say gay uh, law by the by the mainstream media. And so they began to say uh, Ron, Ron DeSantis in Florida has passed a don't say gay law, hmm. which wasn't true. Um. They were just didn't want the third third and under indoctrinated with these, uh, you know these, uh, what would you call them woke policies regarding sexuality. Yes. So that's when Disney entered into the fray. That's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. This is in Ron DeSantis' new book. Yes. But anyway, so Disney entered into the fray. Then the CEO of Disney gets on the phone with Governor DeSantis because mm-hmm. he's uh you know Disney's big in Orlando and right. says. 
Hey, Governor DeSantis, uh, what did he say to him? Well, uh, DeSantis recounts this conversation in a chapter of his new memoir, which coincidentally goes on sale tomorrow uh, by Harper Collins, the publisher. The chapter, shared exclusively with Fox News Digital, reveals what Bob Chapek, then Disney CEO, said at the time. He said he was getting, quote, pressure from the left, and he didn't really want to get involved. But he went on to get involved anyway, and that led to the big fight between DeSantis and Florida, which now involved, you know, Disney losing a lot of tax breaks and stuff that Florida gave them historically. DeSantis and Disney, not not DeSantis and Florida. I'm sorry, DeSantis and Disney, yes, sir. Yeah, so anyway... Yeah, Governor DeSantis and Florida basically said, well, okay, Disney, if you're going to go after us on this sensible law protecting our children, we're just going to, um, two can play that game. And that's when they decided to reclaim, did the state of Florida, some land that had been given to Disney for Disney to self-govern, right? They, well, which is all their properties down there in right. the Orlando area. They were essentially their own independent city. Now, the the, the exchange between Chapek and Governor DeSantis was Chapek encouraged the governor not to sign the Correct. law, the bill into law, and be t- talking about the pressure he was getting, DeSantis goes ahead and signs it. Then Chapek, the C- again, the former CEO of Disney, he says, he goes public and says, well, we're going to work to get that law repealed. Right. And that was getting involved in the political process, and that's when DeSantis said, you know what, uh, you want to cross swords with the governor's office and the, the duly elected legislators of this state, fine. We, just, we will withdraw. And if you want to join with the liars about the nature of this bill, because that's what Disney was doing, what happened was Disney has a lot, has lot, a lot of woke employees, and then the, the entertainment industry is full of lefties. So they were – Putting pressure on Disney too, but you know what? What if you, what you find is if you weather the storm, <clears throat> the storm by the woke crowd on social media and in the in the mainstream media, the the woke crowd that now they can bring it, they can right. bring the heat. I have no question about it, but they can bring it for about two to four weeks. And what factor they have real really on economics of a state, uh, I. It's it's very questionable. Uh, you, here here's here's what I'm talking about. You remember when uh, uh, far uh, excuse me Georgia passed their pro life law. This is about two or three years ago. Yeah, remember that. Then then all the Hollywood uh, production companies and there's a lot of them who do business in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia's like Hollywood East. Yeah. Okay. They came in and said, "All right, we're pulling out. We're." we're we're gonna. We don't like what Georgia is passing this pro-life law. Was so it the pro-life law or the voter ID it's law? Both. Okay. The pro the uh, voter ID law came in afterwards. That was Coke and Delta and Major League oh, Baseball yes. uh, condemned Georgia for their reg- their voter registration law. Yeah. Which turned out to be again foolishness because not the law. I'm talking about the criticism of it because it, as it turns out. More people voted in in Georgia than ever before, and there was never there was no, no lawsuits or complaints brought. Even more black voters yeah. showed up at the polls. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. They were saying that uh, the law would prevent uh, black people from finding the voting booth, uh, basically. Yeah, and, and of course that turned out to be completely not true. So, so but but uh, 
Georgia is still making has still has companies making movies. Mm-hmm. It's back to usual. Uh, so again, it, it took a they, they, Georgia just had to weather the weather the the lefties going after them for two or three weeks, and right. then it was back to normal. Same thing happened in Mississippi. Uh, we uh, in in the Magnolia State about five years ago, I guess it was passed what was known as fifteen twenty three. House Resolution 1523, which protected religious freedom of, of people who uh, didn't want to be forced to um, engage in uh, activities that promoted uh, LGBTQ. I basically got same-sex right. marriage. Same-sex marriage. It, that's what it is. It yeah. pr- basically protected uh, people who didn't want to uh, engage their business mm. in uh, same-sex marriage be- for religious purposes. They, right. And uh, and so go, then Governor Phil Bryant and others were condemned. Mississippi was condemned as a hateful, bigoted state. They had some concerts pull out and so forth and so on. Well, here we are five years later, and nobody's uh, – th- that went away after a few weeks. It went away. That pressure from the lefties went away, and, and nobody even talks about it anymore. <clears throat> All the people make movies here. Uh, the Bands and concerts come in like they do everywhere else in the state of Mississippi. So there's no, there was no long-term repercussions from this. Uh, so you, you see my point? Yeah. You can, you can uh, withstand, uh, if you'll stand up to these uh, woke lefties, you can, you can withstand their pressure. That- well, and Disney could have too. Remember, uh, Bob Chapek originally said publicly he didn't want Disney getting involved. And that's when the pressure started on him. Then he caved. From, then he caved. He should have. You can't. What's the old saying? You sit on the fence, you get splinters. I, I don't. I don't know. But that's a pretty good saying. Have you heard that before, Chris? I had not. I was today years old when I heard that. Brent, have you heard that before? Okay, Brent's heard that before. Brent, Brent just feels bad that I, two of the other panelists. It makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it does. Um, you sit on the fence. Sit on the fence. You get splinters. Get splinters. Make up your mind. Uh, all right. So we will return. When Chris, I just want to thank you. Well, for, thank you because I, I felt like I kind of rushed a lot of stuff no, out you, there. You did you, great. The uh, you did great. Best. Great. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Steve Paisley Jordahl will join us in studio in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.